welcome everybody back for another week on the Heat Ratio Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, joined always by John Coker, Coach Dave Dixon, and Mr. Mike Mataraki. Unfortunately, cannot be with us tonight, so we're going to go with the threesome, and I think we'll be all right with that. Uh, Dave, you uh, had an interesting – well, we're, we're going to get to the, the baseball stuff later. Let, let, let's let's talk about we, – we have to touch on this crazy – we call it a pandemic? Is yeah. that they call it, a yeah. pandemic? Yeah, that's – that's the word with the coronavirus and, and 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 i don't want to make a mockery of it i don't because i know listen i'm not a scientist i'm not a doctor i you know got you know godspeed to anybody who gets it but i just never i mean i know we've been through things like bird flu or swine flu and sars and all these th- different things and i've never seen the magnitude of the the drop off in social interaction as I've seen with this coronavirus. Now I don't know if it's because of the media outcry about it. I don't know if it's because just people being scared, being you know, not not getting the right information. But you know, the, the, if I if I'm not mistaken, today as we're playing this show, the Ivy League canceled their entire tournament for NCAA basketball and. I know you guys, we mess around. I know you guys aren't bowling people, but I am actually a wrestling guy. Uh, we've spoke about that before, and there's talks of WrestleMania 36 being canceled. That is insane. Like, I, like it, you know, Italy for a month now. Shut down. Shut down. And, you know, NBA talking about playing games with no fans. Mm-hmm. I, I, have you guys ever remember seeing something like this before? Uh, not really. Not really. I mean, one of the biggest scares, I think, would have been, you know, not the the bird flu, the H1M1, the swine flu. I would, I would say j- just from in terms of public panic would be anthrax. When the anthrax, yeah, stuff that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's right. Now, You're whether right. it was warranted or not, but that and that wasn't necessarily leaving your house, but that would be the last time there was like something of that magnitude. You're right. That that's a good call. I forgot all about that. Everybody, any kind of white powdery substance, man, it was like called yeah. a bomb squad. You can't even go in your mailbox. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy. That's crazy. I I just don't remember. I mean, Dave, you remember anything like no, this, girl? Nothing, I, nothing like this. Nothing. No. So, do you do you think this is more, you know, media or you know, outcry or outreach? I should say, making a big spectacle out of out of something that's you know not as big as they portray it to be, or do you think this is this is it's just because it is that serious? Well, let me let me tell you from <laughs> with all side. of our PhDs. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm gonna break it down for you a little bit that I know in my stupid little head. They, there's no vaccine and there's no treatment for it. It's not like the flu where you get vaccinated. You have flu shots. And, and, and also with the flu, you have Tamiflu, which is your treatment. So right now, this this coronavirus, there is neither of these two things. So, yeah, that's the reason why there's cruise ships that are out to sea for as long as they haven't quarantined out there. That's crazy. This is why the media is is telling you what they know. But they're also being told not to worry about it. But the facts are what I just told you. There's no vaccine and there's no treatment. So let that sink in for a little bit and you tell me how serious this is. So you're going to get, I mean, here's what I heard. So say you come, uh, uh, the symptoms are like dry cough, fever, right? So now anytime somebody, right, but anytime somebody coughs, forget it. Everybody's going to be like, whoa, you know, back up, but. Here's the other thing. If you think you have the symptoms, you're not allowed to go to the doctor. You have to call. They have to come to your house and test you because you could be infecting other people. So you're basically quarantined. You're isolated in your own home. I mean, listen, this is unreal. You know, it's just another thing that we'll be able to talk about with our grandkids and things of that nature as we get older. Uh, But just just something, you know, that, that I've never obviously witnessed. I never thought I would witness and I think that the worst is yet to come, in my opinion. I I think this is just going to get even bigger. I do. I hate to say it, but I mean, you think the NBA will really go through with playing games with with, with nobody in the, in the arena? You think they're going to go through with that? I think they are in certain areas. I, I think you're talking about multimillionaires not giving up their money. So I'm going to say no to that. You, you think it'll just come down to money and they'll say, yeah, I, I, unless the state is shut down on a lot wherever the games being played that they decide to shut the arena down um i would say no it's not going to happen i i don't i don't think it will but you you, like you said the ivy league shut down their 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 championship games you're seeing i just heard today at my daughter's basketball practice that 
Um, Westchester after yes. is not coming back after spring break. All remote classes. All, all remote classes. And uh, My daughter's school today, they told her that they're setting up an online curriculum for the rest of the year in the case that they do do that, which I, I feel like they are going to. So, yeah. Uh, I, and there's a lot of questions with that. Like, you know, my daughter commutes to college. Well, what if what if you were paying room and board? Do you get a refund? I mean, I, I had a guy I work with had to fly out Georgetown and get his daughter and bring her home because they said no dorms. Yeah. Oh, how does that? What do you mean? No dorms. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Like well, how does I? It just this is something I maybe people aren't even thinking. Um. So here's here's both sides of it, right? I mean, like, is the media hyping it up too much, or are we down? Or are some people downplaying it? Like, ah, it's just the sniffles. I think well, it's let both. Me, let me tell you something. Go through an illness where you have no medicine, where you just have to sweat it out. Right. When's the last time that you got sick and pretty? A pretty good sickness that you didn't take any medicine. You for. didn't pop a Dayquil or a Nyquil, right? Uh, or a little Tharaflu or uh, yeah, a little airborne. But, if you, but there's millions of people that don't get the flu shot, and I and I don't I, get the flu shot. Whether you get the flu shot or not, I've never had Tamiflu in my life. I've never had. So Tamiflu. I mean, the I mean, I totally get what you're saying, Dave, one hundred percent. That there are things there, but at the same time, to me, the biggest differentiator between this and the flu is how quick it's spreading. But you look at any given winter, how many people get the flu, how many deaths there are from the flu. And, I mean, this, thank goodness, isn't really hitting children too hard. I mean, it's really, folks, this virus is just impacting people that have underlying health conditions, the elderly. I'm not saying only. I mean, No, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. But a lot of people, you could have it, and it just, it's like you got a cold. Or something, and, and don't even know. So I don't know. Hopefully, with the warmer weather and this and that, and but it's I mean, definitely the, the, it's changing the, the way the reg- we live, man. The regular flu somehow runs its course, and so did the swine flu. Like I don't know, did you have swine flu vaccine? Yeah, H one N one or I. So I have it, no vaccine. It all dude. eventually runs its course. I think it's being. I mean, I think. You should absolutely take precaution. I think it can be dangerous, maybe a little more dangerous than, you know, those guys, especially with the spread of it so quick. But I mean, one one positive, at least all the dirt balls that don't wash their hands. Now, maybe half the society will start washing <laughs> their hands now. And then, it, you know what I mean? We will start spreading the normal germs after all this. But yeah, listen, you know, prayers go out to anybody who lost any loved ones for this. And hopefully everything gets better. And obviously it's going to get worse before it gets better. But we'll fight through and we'll be good and we'll come out. You know, on top like we always do. So, and then there'll be another one to follow. Uh, so, speaking of base, let's get the baseball. Let's start a little baseball because we kind of, di- you know, digressed the baseball talk last week, and uh, you know, because we were really adamant about the football and the and the basketball talk. But you know, I I think there's we, we've been talking about. We're gonna get to the ESPN top 100 list, which I think is really interesting. Uh, came out today with Buster Olney. But, you know, talking about the Phillies who if, you know, whether spring training or not, now everybody says you don't want to look at spring training, but, you know, I disagree when you, you're you talking about a Phillies team. Like, or, or, or I mean, I disagree when you're talking about a team like the Phillies. The reason why I say that is because you have a team who obviously, in my opinion, has little confidence issues, who went through two years of dreck when it comes to Gabe Kapler and it comes to, you know, uh, John Maley is the hitting coach and Chris Young is the pitching coach. And there was a lot of things that internally within that organization that were a little off. Uh, you had the Odubel Herrera situation. You, ha- you had some of the injuries. You had some of the lackadaisical play. And if you can come out of spring training on top with a winning record and, you know, maybe finish with the best record in spring training or one of the top three records, I know it doesn't say much as far as, you know, your, your direction going forward, but at least it gives you a confidence coming out of spring training, which I think is a big deal for this team. Uh, Zach Wheeler, a lot of people still are very, you know, they're, they're not sold on the Zach Wheeler signing like I was when they did it, and I'll continue to be because this guy comes out in four innings. He, you know, he gives out one run, strikes out six. He's, he's had a 95-mile-an-hour splitter going. Two-seam fastball, which was was deadly, you know, uh, shot out at Ruin today. Uh, my boy Joe texted that in on, on the Twitter line because, you know, he was actually watching the game and I was just watching the highlights. But, you know, is it 15 wins to me is what I'm expecting of Zach Wheeler. Uh, you know, and I think he's a legitimate number two 
Uh, you know, people are saying he's a three. I think he's a legitimate number two. If he stays healthy, you know, I, I keep saying this. If he stays healthy, there's no reason why between him and Aaron Nola, it can't be 32 to 33 wins plus this year between the two of them. Uh, am, am, I, am I crazy to expect 15 plus from Zach Wheeler? I mean, John, I know you're you, you, you're a very analytical guy. I mean, uh, expect an able or two different things. So he's absolutely able to win 15, 16 games. I think he'll win 14 to 15. Same thing with Nola. It's almost the exact same thing. I capable. I mean, truthfully, I can see Nola getting up to 17 somehow. Wheeler, I still think caps out at 16, but that's still it, good. It, it Oh, that's very good. But in reality, they could get 14, which is not bad, but that's your run of the mill guy. And you got to realize there's a lot of luck involved in wins. Yeah, you can pitch your six innings if you don't have, you know, if there is a, a error in the field, if you got, you know, not a solid bullpen, somebody has a bad day. I mean. Things happen when you're a starter. You go all that distance. Unless you're a guy that's controlling in through seven innings, seven and a third, where all you got to do is have one, two guys bridge the gap. I mean, that just lessens things. When you're pitching five and a third, five and two thirds, because you're getting in trouble, you got a runner on first and second. You pitch five and two thirds innings. Now you're banking on three different guys out of your bullpen to make sure to hold, you know, to hold on to the lead. It's not it's not always that easy. So wins are just really it's it's a hard thing to come by. There's no, a lot it's, of it's definitely there's not a easy. lot of luck. I get it. There's it's a lot easy. of luck in it. You want to look at quality starts? That's something that's more reliable, which is a six minimum of six innings pitched, under four earned runs. Basically, that gets you your quality start. Where wins, it doesn't matter if you win the game or not. It's I pitch well enough you know, for my team today, quality start. Okay, so how many quality starts do Nola and Wheeler give the Phillies this year? If they're getting 15 wins, could it would it be safe to say 18 to 20 quality starts between them both? I you like that each, number. Each. Um, each. I like that number. Yeah. Uh, they're very capable. Yeah. And I, 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 I get you, Tony, you said capable versus expect expectations. or But, when, when, you know, Zach Wheeler – 11 wins, 12 wins the last two years, right? We're not, you know, on a bad Mets team, right? We're, we're not talking about a guy. We're talking about the same the same team who only let Jacob DeGrom win nine games, right? So, so what I'm saying is, you know, he comes to a team now that actually is going to be able to score runs. You know, I obviously, I, I listen, Bryce Harper, and we're going to get to that in a minute, JT Romuto, both these guys are tearing the cover off of the ball this spring. Did you see where they're batting JT at leadoff? You, what do you what do you think about that, Dave? I want the that's why I was hoping Mike was here tonight because I want because both you guys are pretty good with the lineups and I want I was curious I want to pick your guys' brains about that. JT leadoff. So here here's my first concern about him being a leadoff hitter. I guess for the Phillies. With McCutcheon being there, this wouldn't be. This would also be a concern. But catchers need days off. Yes. So, your leadoff hitter is not going to be batting leadoff every game, or you know, he, you know, he needs days off, which to me, a little bit troublesome. Um, but I, I, how can you? We we can't argue it because who else is going to do it? Because you had him second, right? Did I love you, him batting second. You were, you guys were talking about him second last week. I love him. And we're talking about Kingery leading off. Or, or Segura, Segura. Right? Yeah. I, I, I probably would put Gene there because Gene is your best average hitter. Yes. He is. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. He probably sees the most pitches or is capable of seeing a ton of pitches. So uh, that would be my guy. Um, but here, here's where you go with Girardi and just trusting that, you know, he sees something. He's obviously – he's obviously <laughs> – Talk to JT about this. Hey, JT, I'm, you know, Cutchin is down here, so, you know, we're going to give you a shot here. Now, when you bat leadoff, also, as a hitter, if you're capable of being that type of hitter, you're getting the most at-bats. Every game guaranteed, you're getting the most at-bats. As a hitter, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, but look, it's not like McCutcheon's out for the year. I mean, when he comes back, does he take over the leadoff spot? I mean, I'm not saying day one coming back from injury, but does he – I mean – I know you said consistency, and I completely agree with you, but is that three weeks, four weeks where Real Muto's leading off? And then it's five months of, of Kutch? 
because that's not. I mean, could I, be. Right. It could be. But I'm saying that's more that's more palatable than having a guy hitting lead off four days a week, and then another guy hitting lead off a day a week, and another guy hitting you know, and, and having it all over the place. If it's just a holdout for a month, and then you got five months. But I agree with you, like flip flopping to have your catcher who's not playing full time, and the other guys don't know what day they're going to be leading off, or you know, it's based on his rest. I don't think that's a good move. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised at that. But the, 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 the one positive thing, though, is how well he's hitting the ball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he finished on a tear last year, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's just he's picking right back where he left off. But that brings us to Bryce Harper, who, in my eyes, I, you know, there was there was one re- – we talked in, in, in nauseam on this show last year about the Bryce and Manny campaign, right? Who – or are we going to sign? Who do you want? Do you want Bryce or do you want Manny? You know, and and I was adamant about wanting Bryce Harper for the simple fact, and you guys know this, just because Manny is a me guy. He's a lazy guy, in my opinion. He's all about the flash. He doesn't want to get dirty. You know, he has his he has his underwear starched. You know what I mean? That's the kind of guy he is. All right? <laughs> is that that's, true? <laughs> to me, that's the kind of guy Manny, Manny Machado is. So I watched spring training game yesterday. Not only do I watch Bryce Harper hit a ball out in you know the Tampa Highway out of the stadium out there, but the next play up, we're talking the fifth inning of a spring training game. He hits a dribbler to third base and he runs out and in, he, he gets an infield hit. He run, This dude is playing at a World Series level in spring training. He wants to win. Yeah, and you know, and 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 I see it. You can see it in his in his body. You can see it in his face. I, I think he's relieved that Joe Girardi is here. I really do. Well, you know what? You're probably. I'm going to say you're 100 percent correct because if you're a baseball purist and you get an opportunity to play under a guy like that, then you know that's that's a win for Bryce Harper. Yes, and, 100%. And, yeah, that's the type of player he is. Harper's, uh, you know, 110%, you know, the blue collar, everything that Philadelphia loves type of player. But that's not that's not the label he he was he was given by Washington. That wa- that was not the national perspective. So many people argue with me back and forth from a national level about, oh, you just, yeah, wait till you see. You're going to see the Bryce Harper you get. You're going to see, yeah, you think – I I'm still waiting to see that Bryce Harper. Well, hopefully we won't have to. I don't think we will. Yeah, I mean, here here's my problem, and I know I'm kind of going off subject here. No, it's fine, John, man. John, John's totally Phillies related. This is my frustration with this organization, and I know coming from Pittsburgh, where they don't spend money and do the things that the Phillies have done and and, and continue to do. How did they not know McCutcheon wasn't going to be 100% and not address it? How, how can we have Corey Dickerson in our building and not re-sign him knowing that McCutcheon was going to be not 100% and able to start the game? You want to talk about a leadoff hitter, I, I would have no problem with putting Corey Dickerson there. Even though Corey Dickerson could bat 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, he's, he's, he's probably a career 300 hitter, and he plays the outfield. He could have played center field for you. You could have you could have put Bruce over here for a couple minutes, and and uh, who's the other kid? Hazley. Adam Hazley. You could you could have rotated those two, and Corey played every day, and Bryce played every day. Yeah. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I can't stand it, but that was a that was a terrible move on the Phillies' part, in my I, opinion. I, I I wanted Dickerson back as well, but I think the issue with Dickerson was you had to start saying, eventually, I have to make a younger guy step up. In one of these roles. I can't pay everybody, right? So I'm looking at that. I'm going, okay, you look at, you got Reese, who you're going to have to pay. You have Kingery, who you locked up long term. You have Didi, who you paid, right? You have Bryce Harper, who you paid. Real Muto, who you paid. Eventually, somebody, somebody, you can't pay everybody. I get I, I get. there's no salary cap. I understand that. But $702 million over the last two years they've spent in, in salary, to me, is Unbelievable for anybody to say that they're cheap and they don't spend money is irresponsible and ignorant. Eventually, I'm not that. no, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying. I'm just talking. But eventually, you have to see if somebody can play it. And I think they looked at it as: Do we spend the money on Dickerson, or do we keep that money and we put that into the Real Muto extension? Do we go out and we sign another pitcher? Do we? You know, I I, I don't know, but 
you know, you have a guy, Kingery, who can play that slot if he had to. This is what I'm thinking. Of. Listen, they want to keep Kingery at second base. I get it. But if he had to play center field, he could. And you have a couple very capable guys on the bench to rotate into that second base spot in Josh Harrison and Logan Forsythe. So the, I, I think that they're looking at it as a whole and saying, you know what, this Hazley kid, this Roman Quinn kid, both these kids can play, and I think between the two of them, I think they can handle it. I think if you – listen, I think you'll agree with this, that if Roman Quinn could stay healthy, and he he's your leadoff guy, if he could stay healthy. Oh, uh, we don't know that yet. No, I'm saying if he could stay healthy. Yeah, but he hasn't proved in the ma- at the major league level for a long enough time for me to be able to trust him. Right, because he hasn't been healthy. I understand, but just because he's healthy doesn't mean that he's automatically going to do it. I'm not going to throw him in at leadoff. Why? Because I haven't seen long enough track record of him being able to do it. So how are you going to ever find out if he can play? I want to see him batting sixth and batting 300, and then I'll be more comfortable. He's not going to bat 300. I I wanted. I'm not putting him in as a rookie or whatever young guy. He's I'm, already played leadoff though, John. For how many games? How many, I, tell me how many games I has he let know, off? But he's already bad. Is lead it off. over a hundred games? No. Is it over fifty? Yeah, games? it's over fifty. It's over. 50. I don't think it's over fifty. Look it up. Google that. I'm shit. not googling nothing. My point is, I would <laughs> rather see the dude perform as the sixth hitter, and once he gets his confidence under him, because he's been injured. So Roman Quinn's going to hit sixth. Put him wherever you the want. The hell world you live in? Look, I'm not. Look, I, we could we could agree to differ. I'm not putting that guy as my leadoff hitter until he proves to me in a consistent basis that he's going to hit major league hit pitchers. God can hit on the contact. way that he needs to. He's got legs. He can he can bunt. He can outrun outrun a dribbler. But we don't want to bat on leadoff. I, I don't understand. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I, maybe it's like basketball where Joel Embiid is shooting threes instead of getting down the block because it's the new NBA. Maybe it's the new Major League Baseball where you don't put your fast guy on on the top of the lineup. I, I must be nuts. Well, but, I, I will say right? on the whole Dickerson thing, I don't. I like it. Dickerson. I do too. But I also look. You got to look at, like you said, you got Quinn. I mean, Harper's already won. You got McCutcheon coming back. Pro, you know, in a month, whatever. So. The point is you can't just go and spend money on a guy that you need for a month, especially when that month is in April. If if this if this is happens at the trade deadline or right. something, completely different story. But you got guys I mean, why hang on to Jay Bruce then? You know, I'm just saying you, you got you got Harper, you got Bruce, you got those two, and if you got McCutcheon come back, like it's like overkill to spend the money on Dickerson for a month insurance. That's policy. what I thought. I liked them, but I like them too. But well, like you said, well, you couldn't have kept them and seen how things work out, and then traded them if 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 we had this plethora of talent that you know that you guys are talking about, you couldn't have kept him. And, and we didn't say we had a plethora of talent. Well, we're saying you're, we you're, have guys in spots, and eventually you can't have a $30 million guy at every single position. Eventually, you're going to have to have a minor league guy come up and do something. And that's what I'm saying. Eventually, that's going to happen. I mean, in 2007, we did the same damn thing. In 2008, we did the same damn thing, right? Who was our third baseman when we won the World Series? Pedro Felice. Did he cost a lot of money? Nope. No, we've got him from right. San Francisco. Giants. Right. He was a defensive specialist, in my opinion, right, who did have some pretty big hits for us. You know, he came out of the world, which was great, but he had an arm, right? We, you know, I remember a guy like a Greg Dobbs that we had playing meaningful innings for us at one time. Eventually, you got to have guys that aren't multi-million dollar players that are going to produce. It's all I'm saying. I, I would love them to spend on everybody. Just grab them all. doesn't always work that way, though. No, you know? I, I, I don't disagree with not spending on everybody, but this was a glaring hole. How can how I don't can think you, it was. How can you be comfortable with Jay Bruce and Andrew McCutcheon with their age and past health history? They're not playing center field. Neither one of those guys are playing center field. Who is? Who is? Adam Hazley. Roman Quinn. And, 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 and your third play, choice gonna is going to be Scott Kingery. They're going to play center field over McCutcheon when he comes back? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They better. Because if not, we're going to have an issue because McCutcheon can't run like that anymore. He can't play center field. He's a left fielder right now. That's where he's going to play. Jay Bruce is your bench guy. That's who you have. Jay Bruce is your is your fourth outfielder, in my opinion. Yeah, you're, you're going to start Hazley, 
right? And, and you know, and, and like Mike said last week, don't be surprised if you know they bring Boehm up and you know they try him out in the outfield. You never know. There's there's so listen. There's a ton of options. I mean, here's here's a crazy one for you. You know, here here's a real crazy one for you. You know, who who knows? Maybe to your point, maybe they do say, you know what? We need the veteran presence in center field. It's not working out. So, Kutch, you need to play center. And, Reese, you're going to go out and play left field again. That's what you're going to do, Reese. You're going to go play left field because you look like shit at first base anyway. <laughs> okay? Because I, I, whoever said that was his natural position, I, I must be dead wrong when I, I thought I recognized. I used to teach girls how to play first base at softball. And I'm watching his feet. And I'm watching the way he he moves his glove, and his it's it's all off, fundamentally completely wrong. Everything he does is wrong. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm nuts, but maybe they throw him in left field, and they say, you know what, we bring the kid Bohm up, and we throw him at first. There's, listen, there there there's so many different things that, that I think that they can do, which I, I think is good. I mean, yeah, they're not ideal for a team that you expect to compete for a playoff spot, but I think ninety percent of the team is set. And, you know, not every team is 100% set. So that 10%, I think they can work it out. And there's always May, June, and July to be able to turn a deal for somebody like a Corey Dickerson like they did last year. So so my question to you guys on Bryce Harper, you know, is it far-fetched? Because right now, he's a plus 2,200 to win the MVP. I mean, listen, if this guy plays to the, the top of his ability and everything clicks last year, 35 home runs, 114 RBIs with six weeks of dreck, really. He had six weeks where he wasn't even existent. So, it you know, is it so far-fetched to hit 40-plus home runs, knock in 130, bat 270, and win an MVP? I, I don't think so. I mean, do you, do, do you think that's I, – I, John's looking at me. They, John, well, I'm serious. I'm Listen, I'm feeling something with him, man. I'm telling you, I'm feeling something with him, and it was before spring training started. And he's coming to spring training and done exactly what I felt. It's he, probably gas. <laughs> you're an idiot. You're such an idiot. I'm serious. But I'm trying to have a professional conversation here. Forty plus home runs, 120 plus RBIs. Is that conceive? Is that a conceivable feat for him to you do? You went down from 130 to 120. So 120 like plus. I say he's going to finish with 130. I just said 120 plus for you. I mean, it's, yes, it's doable. I mean it. How how many guys in in Major League Baseball can you say has a shot at doing that? I mean, they're uh, it, limited. Ten a handful. Tops. Right. He's one of ten. Arenado. He's one of ten that yes can do it. Right. What's his What's his crutch? What's his What's going to hold yeah, him what's, back? Yeah. What, what's going to hold him back? Slumps. No, no. Like out of those three things, home runs, RBIs, and average. I think all of them slightly. Nah, I don't hitting see for him. average. Hitting for average, Bryce will struggle at. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's done all of these things at some point in his career, but he has not put them all together at the same time. Twenty six years there, old, by there, way. I uh, there, there's been times where he's had a hell of a season batting average wise, and then he regresses thirty five points the next season. He's he showed up and hit a ton of RBIs or whatever, then he he regresses the next season. So he needs to put it all together for the entire season. I see him, look, 40 home runs, no. 35, I think, is a gimme. 120 ribbies, no. 105 is a gimme. 270 average, no. 260, I think that's more realistic. So, But it's not to say he can't do it, but ballpark, I mean, that's that's where I'm going. I don't even know what my projections say, but that's – that's basically ballpark where I'm going. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for big things for Price this year. But you know, obviously, will they be MVP numbers? In my opinion, he has more than more than a fifty fifty shot. If he can stay healthy and his team can be successful, he could be this guy to carry them. And I really do think he could wind up being MVP. Now, speaking of these other ten guys that we talked about, that that. We could go forty and one twenty, or forty one thirty, or you know, could be MVP. Buster Olney, ESPN, come out with his top one hundred players list, and I thought it was pretty interesting because obviously the one thing that intrigued me was there's four Phillies on that list, and that's JT at twenty three, Bryce at twenty five, Nola at fifty two, and Wheeler at eighty three. Which to see JT and Bryce at twenty three, twenty five, I think is pretty cool. But I want to look at the top ten. And obviously, there's no Phillies in the top ten, and I, I'm questioning a couple guys in that top ten. And John, I'm going to refer to you 
uh, because I think me and Dave are feeling kind of the same thing, and you're the you're the stack guy over there. And I, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. So, top ten from ten to one is Lindor, Arenado, Acuna, Scherzer, Bellinger, Betts, Yelich, Degrom, Cole, and Trout. I'm going to be honest. I have a huge problem with Garrett Cole at number two. I don't know how he becomes the number two player in baseball. Oh, that's number. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at the list. I didn't. Yeah, from we ten to one. Okay. Yeah, you don't listen like normal. No. So uh, I, was from, focused, <laughs> I was focused on the list. Man. I'm like, I, I specifically said for ten to one. Oh, 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 that's how it goes. So Garrett Cole, number two in baseball, one year, he becomes number two. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that at all. I don't get it. Um, Max Scherzer, I'll tell you what, man. I just did a thing today for the gambler, and, and I, I'll tell you what, I think this is the year he takes a step back. I do. He's 35 years old, and he's been one of those guys who's been, for the past 10 years, it's like the DeMarco Murray effect, man. I mean, this guy has been consistently, you know, over 190-plus innings. He started 30 games plus consecutively in 10 years, and his percentages are starting to drop last year. His 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 miss his swing and miss rate has been dropped. Okay, his his contact has been up for batters. So I mean he's had a seventy three percent clip, a thirteen percent swing and miss rate. So they they are all numbers that either dropped or went up in a negative sense for him. And I don't like the fact, even though he was electric in the playoffs, electric. I get it. What I don't like is he's already had a missed start in spring training because of fatigue. He has something wrong with his lat. And he had a back issue in the World Series. So, that, that to me, that doesn't bode well for a 35-year-old starting pitcher that's been hitting 30-plus games over the last 10 years. So, that, I could see him taking a step back. And I'm kind of with Dave. Uh, uh, is it Kuna? Does he, does he get on that list that high already after w- one good year? Does, does does he really? I mean, I I don't know, man. I, that's all I'm asking. It's a tough I'm one. Rendon's on this list? That's it, a tough one. I mean, remember. Consistency. Well, oh, there's absolutely right? something to be said for consistency. The season that he put up, I mean, he had a historical season. Yeah. All right, so the question was not who do you start your franchise with. The question is who are the top ten right now. Now, yes, obviously track record has to come into play a little bit. But when you put up a historic season, like are they jumping the gun? Yeah, but I'll tell you what. A guy coming off of that kind of season, it's not like he had a track record where he was a turd for two, three years. John loves that word, and turd. Then, and then all of a sudden showed up with that season. Like, this was his first full year. So, I think I can see I can see your point of is he really top ten, but I would have a, a bigger argument of some of the guys you let into the top ten and how can you leave this young talent out. How about Bregman? He doesn't even get a sniff in the top ten. Is that because of the whole cheating scandal? Well, you think he took a step back because sign, of that? Sign stealing. <laughs> sign stealing. Uh, what about you, Dave? What do you think? I, I like doing the position, so I I, uh, I wrote down. I think – oh, I'm sorry. I think Bellinger's too high. Be- yeah, you know what? That's another one. Bellinger's – I mean, Bellinger and Betts I, are right there, man. I like, I like Bellinger. I do. I think he's a stud. Uh, but you have four outfielders. With Acuna being one of them, Betts, Yelich, and Trout. And the infielders are three of them. So you got Lindor, Arenado, and Bellinger. Who, Bellinger, correct me if I'm wrong, started in the outfield. He right? plays outfield too, yeah. yeah. But he's primarily now first baseman, correct? I'm not even sure where he primarily plays. I know he's eligible, I believe. Right, for your talking fantasy world. Um, and the rest are pitchers. So I, I like. No, he's in the outfield now. He's in the outfield now. Well, anyway, are they going off with last year because he played first base? Anyway, who cares? So yeah, number of games played last year. So <clears throat> I like I like looking at this because of teaching youth kids okay. baseball and like your top athletes in baseball typically play the outfield. Some your your best players in baseball range are outfielders. Arm range. Um, so, and and when playing baseball as a, a young kid and and telling these parents, oh, my kid has to be shortstop. Well, believe it or not, if you're a center fielder, you're you're like a stud. I just wanted to let you know. It, 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 well, that's a funny part because in softball, you know, my daughter was a center fielder, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of people were like, oh, your daughter plays the outfield. I'm like, dude, 
I'm like, outfield's pretty important, bro. Yeah, like, have you seen her play? Yeah, like, <laughs> have you seen the diving catches? Have yeah. you seen the assists yeah. from center field to home? Like, that's yeah. kind of where, you know. Yeah. But people think that's the perception. Your yeah. outfield, ah. You know, because I remember when I was a kid, yeah. you know, the guy, the last player on the bench was like, ah, yeah, yeah, go on left field. <laughs> <laughs> go left field. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing you had to do was back up the throw from uh, second base or, or to, to, to steal from third, exactly. right? Exactly. And the left fielder had a tough time doing that. Yeah, he absolutely did. Um, But name a couple names. I, I, I love Yelich, man. I was so disappointed. It's a shame when- he got injured. Uh, when he got hurt, that was I was upset about that. But when he went from Miami to Milwaukee, and and I felt like we didn't even give a sniff to him, uh, I was disappointed in that. You're and right. I, and I go back to the Marlins outfield. At one point, was Yelich, Stanton, and Azuna. It's crazy. Can, that team can, just breeds we, players. Can and we just get their? Can we get their, uh, their scouts, scout? please? I hear Can you, we get man. two of them? One of them? Well, them in Oakland. Maybe give their me, cousins? Give me the Oakland Can we get scout? their cousins? <laughs> I'll tell you. You ain't lying, man. The other one I'd put further up is Arenado. Yeah, I, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think that's because uh, he plays in Colorado. He is a flat-out stud. It's trip, he's almost triple crown numbers every year. Consistency. It, consistency. It's crazy. You can say what you want about Colorado. I don't care. Consistency. He mashes the ball. He's he's putting up 100 runs, 100 ribbies every year, batting over 300. You think about it. 35 bombs. Like, for three straight years, basically. Think about the guys in Colorado. I don't know. Right? Over the years, you don't get any respect. Think about, like, Larry Walker, Todd Helton, Dante Bichette, Andres Galarraga, guys who have had really, really good years. Not really. Even Vinny Castilla. Right, like Todd I mean, Hel- Todd right? Helton could flat out race. Oh. He he was go back to he was he, he reminded Helton was a hitter. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 pure I, hitter. When you just just when you said flat out rake, I'm thinking of the bombs. Helton was just a hitter. Well, man. rake rake is a term baseball yeah. term for guys that hit hit all over the field. Yeah, and Arnado, I love hitting. I love all parts of hitting. Right, watching Arnado play third base, it's like spectacular to me yeah i've never quite seen anybody play that position as well as he does and we personally in philadelphia have seen like scott Rowland was a phenomenal third baseman whether people want to hate him or not you're absolutely right Scott Rowland was a vacuum over there yes he was we were we were children watching mike we were blessed mike watching schmitty play and 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 the guys that have played in between there you you made pedro fleas i mean Pedro was an excellent fielder. He was. This guy, Arnado, is like a, a Picasso, and he does things so differently. Picasso. He's so he's so different. His technique, he, the way he rounds the ball off, and he and he and he does this thing with his legs, and he throws the ball. It's to me, I'm like, oh my god, this guy's unbelievable. <laughs> he's loving some Nolan. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he is. He's, he's yeah, his man crossing was, on Nolan. I, I was over there. getting a little creeped out over here. Yeah, it was yeah. A, little, a little strange. Eh? It's, listen, I don't know how this brain got wired, but the things that it, it make it enjoyable for me are very different than other people. I tell you that. But. So, so another guy that's on that's on the top 100 list, okay, but is obviously a, a purebred Hall of Famer. Albert Pujols is forty four homes, forty four home runs away from seven hundred. Does he get there? It's a lot of home runs, man. For his yeah. for how many? You know, he still. I think he's he still like four he or need, five years on that contract. Well, forget the contract. It's crazy. I mean, he, he need, really does. He needs a minimum three years. He needs at minimum three years. Is Albert forty yet? Yeah, no. yeah. Is he forty? I because, uh, yes, he's thirty-eight. Yeah, he's, uh, well, he's he's got the bad dogs he, too, man. He, he's not going to hit twenty-plus home runs two straight years, which means he needs at least a third year. And I can't see him getting enough playing time in Major League Baseball as a DH though. I can't with that lineup. Him. No, think about that lineup, man. Yo, Trout, Otani, I under- Upton, I Rendon. I, I'm not talking about the lineup. I'm yeah, because about- I am. Because they're going to have to pitch to somebody. But- but it's a no. It's a li- He's a liability on your team now. He's a liability. His batting average. Look, he was an amazing player. And what did he do up, last year, Dave? While John's talking, I'm sorry. Yeah, John. Look, look at the last couple of years. Look, he's he's a great player. Had a great career. I'm not saying anything on that. But what I'm saying is, over the past 
three years, he is a shell of the player that he oh, was. I, I, I completely agree with you. I get that. Like, I mean, there, there's just a ton of things. And at what point do you move on from him? I mean, I would rather see C.J. Cron over there than Albert Pujols because I think he gives me more. Come on, man. Come on. That's a little slap in the face of Big Al. No. This isn't isn't Al five years ago. He's still being productive, though, right? Uh, He's still being productive. Well, I don't. it depends what you consider productive. So if he's 40 years old, can he play until 43? It's going to be. It's tough. You know, because he does have a lot of medical issues. So it's definitely tough, but I I do think the Rendon signing makes it easier. He batted 244 in 2019, 245 in 2018, 241 okay. in 2017. How many home runs did he hit? Last year, 23. The oh. year before, 19. The year before that, 23. Come on, man. That That's okay. So, okay. So, you're, so wait, 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 wait. Come so on, So you're man. telling me, all right, let's say that the Phillies get rid of Hoskins. <laughs> National League, bro. No, National League. Look, pick uh, a different team. I don't care. No, uh, no. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I want to know. Do you want? All right. So DH first base. I don't care. I do. Do you want a guy that's going to bat two forty and hit twenty home runs from a position where the average player is hitting at least two seventy and bashing thirty plus? John, home we're runs? talking about DH. Yeah, there's a ton of DHs out there that are DH. smashing 30-plus home runs and batting. Not everybody, bro. Not everybody. Half, well, half the American League, maybe. Half the American League. Not everybody has exactly. a DH. Exactly. If it's okay. half the American League, then that's John, your liability. John, hold on. Relax. Hear me out for a second. I, uh, you're thinking about this the wrong way. You're acting like Albert Pujols is the centerpiece of a lineup. What I'm talking about is a guy, I get it, 40 years old, right? 40 years old. Do the easy math. 23, 19, 23. Let's just call it 21. The guy's hitting 21 home runs every year for the past three years. He's going to be in a lineup. Okay? He's going to be the fifth option. That's the problem is he's going to be no, in the lineup. That's a, John, I hear don't me see out it for a second. For three hold, years. On, hold on. Hear me out for a second. He's going to be the fifth guy in a lineup. The fifth option. And you mean to tell me, if you're a GM and somebody says to you, I could give you a guy as your fifth hitter, your fifth guy, fifth guy. As your DH, he's going to hit 20 and knock in, I don't know what, 70? I'm taking it. How is that a bad thing? I am not taking that. Dave, am I nuts? No. Okay. I I might not bat him fifth. No, I I meant fifth guy. I'm just saying your fifth option Mm. is what I'm saying. Like, you're you're talking about Mike Trout, Otani, Upton, Rendon. They're all before him. What team has four guys of that magnitude and that could pull Albert Pujols at five? I'm not saying he bats fifth, but as the yeah. fifth offensive option. Okay, yeah. Like I our think, team in 08 that we always go back to, you had Pat Burrow. Thank you. You just named his numbers. Thank you. Uh, I think Pat Burrow had more home Oh, no way. No way. No way. I'm not looking it up. We're not talking about women. We're talking about home runs. Because <laughs> no. Pat the Bat was mad. How many home runs do you think Pat had in, in 08? I don't know. The See, exact. he's thinking, man, look at him. Look at him. Uh, I don't know. I'll Dude. say 20. I'm going to say 20. I, he he, he played 20. the role, John. Okay. This is what I'm saying. He played a role. Okay, and what I'm saying is just because he played the role for 20 home runs doesn't make me think that I can't get a guy that's going to bat 255 and get me 25 home but runs. But I'm not saying you he can't might. get the guy. He but, might. But that's but the guy you have. You? But that's the guy you have, John. Then I will find another guy. There got to be a guy that I can get on the team. You just wanted Corey Dickerson. Now you're settling for for an Albert Pujols that has like wrinkles up on his wrinkles. We're talking about two different topics. We were talking about Corey Dickerson on the Phillies. I'm talking about Albert Pujols on the Angels. I'm talking about Albert Pujols now is washed up and is not a significant piece to a team, whether he plays DH, whatever. Don't give me a 240 hitter. If you're giving me a 240 hitter, I need at least 30 bombs out of you. Otherwise, your batting average is a liability. I don't care if you bat fifth. I don't care who hits in front of you. I don't give a shit who hits behind you. That's my point. No. If you're batting two forty, oh, he's right. Thirty-three home runs for okay. Pat. You're wrong. Thank you. You're no, wrong. No, apparently I'm right. Not with that. I was right you're wrong. There, what you're saying. And I'm right here. No, you're wrong. What no you're doubt. saying. Hear me out. Here's why. Because if I'm another, if I'm a major league manager and I'm looking at the team, okay, and I'm saying, man, I don't want to pitch the Trout. I don't pitch Otani. I don't pitch Upton. I don't want to pitch the Rendon. I'll pitch the. Oh, uh, I guess I'll pitch the roll. I guess I'll pitch the pool holes. Right. 
Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll pitch the Pujols. He only bats two forty. But he I'm hit- fine with oh, that. You're crazy man, stop, stop. He he's the listen man. Tony, I'm three sorry. years in a row he hit two forty. Is that good? I don't care is that, about no. two forty. Is that good? Is, Why is do I hitting? care about two forty, John? Because if he's not getting a hit, he's not getting the RBI. You're not scoring runs. I'm John. Twenty three home runs is what I'm looking at. Twenty plus home runs from a DH. That's all I'm looking at. That's all I'm talking about, John. I don't care about two forty. I, I really don't. We can look we, we can look at guys on this on this top ten list. Okay? We can look at the top twenty five list. Dude, who Adam, ain't batting two fifty? Adam Dunn will come out of retirement, get the <laughs> minimum, and get you at least twenty five dingers if you don't care about batting average. He could do that right now. And, and you're right, you probably could. So then they And should. I would take him as my fifth option on my team. Good, and then cut pool holes. Okay, so I'm fine. You can't cut him. He's making too much money. If Dunn's Let's flip the script. You're, getting, you're, you're annoying me with this. You're annoying me. You really are. Two forty hitter. I want that guy in my lineup. You're, you're my, number, not, my number five. I want a two forty hitter. Dave, he's still not getting it. He's still not getting it. No one wants. Yeah, I, I, that's who you have, John. I'm not saying if you ask me who I want to go out and sign, it would be Albert Pauls. No, I'm saying he's on a ten year contract that or twelve years actually that you have. You have him, and I'm saying it actually is a borderline luxury to have a guy like that in a lineup that's that ma- is mashing with four mashers, and your fifth option is going to give you 20 plus home runs. To me, and he doesn't have to play the field. To me, that's a bonus. Sorry, Edgar Martinez did it for years. Edgar, Mar- no, oh, li- don't no, even no, go no, with no, Edgar hold Martinez. Hold now. on, bro. Listen, relax. He was a 300 hitter. Yes, and he thank was. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, he was. But did he have to play the field? Did he hit 300? I just asked you something. Did he have to play the field? Did he hit no. two? So he was a luxury to have in his lineup. He did differently. He didn't hit 23 home runs. He batted 300, right? He hit 23 okay. home runs in addition to batting no, three. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Oh, my goodness. Look it dude. up, John. Let's go, NFL. You can sit there and Google that shit. All right. <laughs> He's getting all hype. So I want to talk a little Eagles because I, I'm, I'm curious, Dave, this, this is for you. I, you know, I I don't know if you listen to this. I'm trying to do a little sports daily minute every day. I got you. Yeah, wait till you. I got a theme coming. I got a logo coming. Wait, wait to see what I got coming, bro. I got a lot of stuff up my sleeve. So, uh, Trent Williams, I I, I got to ask. Do do you, I'm just going to make this simple. You pick up the phone and you call Austin, see what they want for Trent Williams. Yeah. Uh, no brainer, right? Yes. So, am I nuts to want to pay Trent Williams top left tackle money if? Obviously, there's not enough confidence in Andre Dillon. I don't, I don't, I don't agree. I don't think you're nuts, but I don't agree with paying him. Everything has to be with this team right now. We need to be careful where our spending is because we have a ton of holes to fill. So, if Diller can't play, and there's no confidence, where do you rank left tackle as one of our holes as a priority? Number one. Right. So that's my point. So what I'm suggesting is. I say, if, if if that's the issue, then you make a call. Better call Tyrone, right? A little Eric and uh, You call Washington, and you forget about Byron Jones. You're going to take that money and swing that into Trent Williams. Yeah, uh, I I would. I have no problem with investing draft picks or money into, especially the left tackle. Uh, your, your top player, your top priorities on it on a team in my opinion go like this left tackle well let, let's minus the quarterback okay please understand oh that. Uh, obviously left tackle left, okay john left tackle <laughs> corner cornerbacks and defensive ends i would do dm before corner because i just think if you can if you can be if you can have a really if you can solidify your pass rush then it gives your corners a little more time, so you can kind of hide them right, a little bit. You can mix them. You can right, mix, but they're, no, they're, they're, they're your right, three. Right. Your obvious one is quarterback. Is quarterback, yeah, which right. we have. So, the, yes. So, I, I'm. The, what's he asking for? $20 million annually. Ooh. Yeah. How many years is he in the league? Uh, yeah, I was going to. He's 31 I, years he's old. He's been there. That's, that's, that's my. 31 years old. 31. He didn't play last year. Exactly. Right. So, uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm glad he didn't play. Well, what I'm saying man. is, if if you this seven straight Pro Bowls, by the way, mm. okay, this guy he he's one of the best left tackles in football. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, how long we've had Jason Peters? Forever, not forever. 
We had him about 10 years. Right. And he was about 29 when we traded for him. I get it. A couple years younger, right? But still, same kind of thing. We traded for Jason Peters. We threw him at the tackle position and said, here you go. See you in 10 years. Now, my thing is, what I want to do is I want to sign Trent, try to get him on like a three-year deal. We'll give you top money for three years, so now you're still on a, a rookie base scale with Andre Dillard. So you have to find out, can Dillard play? I, I don't know. I, I just don't like that there's not enough talk about Dillard. There's just not. If you're if you're that confident in your rookie to play, we're not even talking about free agency. We're not even talking about Jason Peters, right? And that's what kills me. And I, I know you know Mike was very adamant last week about, oh, he played great. Well, no, no offense to Mike or anybody else, but we're not the Eagles coaches. We're not on the coaches' staff. We don't watch film, okay? We're not Jeff Stoutland. Okay, so obviously if Jeff Stoutland swore that Andre Dillard was the next coming, there would no, be no talk at all about bringing Jason Peters back. Zero. But obviously they don't think so. Yeah, well, there's there's a ton of question marks. I'll throw out to you that you're going to lose. You're potentially losing Vitae, too. There, that's the other question I was going to ask you. So you, this makes more sense going after him because – then you have a backup with Dillard just in case something were to happen. You lose Vitae and you lose Jason Peters. You have to fill those holes. Vitae was – whatever anybody wants to think they know about football, that guy played left tackle, right tackle, filled in, helped us win a Super Bowl. Yes, he did. And and you could tell me he's garbage all you want. He is far from garbage, and it's probably going to receive a lot of money in free agency. They're, they're, they're looking at between 10 and $12 million a year. That's pretty good, huh? As a backup. He was a backup. So 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 why are we not looking to sign him, Dave? You should sign him. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm just – like, so that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of – the, the line I have a lot of questions about because I'm hearing about Dillard, not enough confidence. Vitae just automatically assumed that he's going to go and he's, he's he's done. But but we want Jason Peters, who I like Jason Peters, but there's a lot – something's not – Right, it's not yeah. jiving, right? Mm-hmm. So that so my 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 deal is, if you're going to let Jason Peters go and Andre Dort, you traded up to get him, saying that he's going to be the next coming. If he's not, you need to protect Carson Wentz. So, I at least pick up the phone and I and I call the Washington Redskins and say, "What's it take to get Trent Williams?" And if they tell me a fourth rounder or a third rounder, now here's a question: What if they say? How many years does he have on the contract? Like, what, what's? Oh, he's his contract. He's he has one year left. Yeah, one year left, and so he he's not going to play for it. And it needs to be reworked. So, yeah. If they said to you, whatever pick you give us, we want Dillard too. You doing that deal? No. So is Dillard the deal breaker? Third mm-hmm. round pick, good. Third round and Dillard, no. I'll give you fourth round. I'll give you fourth round. Pick. I'm not giving you. We have three fourth round picks. I'll give you one of them. Yeah, we're gonna get that in a minute because I got some names for you. It's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. But I listen again. All I want to do is I want to pick up the phone because I think it warrants a conversation when a, when a guy of that magnitude is available and you're you're not showing enough confidence in who you have right oh, now. I love I love a three year deal, and I'm I can't I can't believe I mean whether it was the Redskins blocking it or whatever that nothing happened last year. Well, there no, there were some underlying circumstances with that. He he had supposedly he had a um uh, a growth on his head. Yeah, that, that they, yeah. yeah, but they 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 didn't want to yeah, take care of it. A, yeah, it was they cancerous. Would, but the point is, if they look, he said he wasn't going to play for him. Yeah, and the whole helmet thing. thing right. They, he said he wasn't going to play for him. If they already know, they held on to him. Like when there's a grudge match. At some point, it's like you go and get what you want. Or if you're a team, you go and reach out and try to make that deal. Like, uh, But if you're Ron Rivera. I'm not saying no. Right? I'm, I'm just saying I think it's crazy. Right. Why not? If you're Ron Rivera, why, like, I'd be like, no. No, let's have a conversation, if I, Trent. If, if I'm Ron Rivera, I'd be like, all right, which medical staff did you wrong? <laughs> right. Let me know because they're out of here. That's what's crazy I'll, I'll, to me. What medical staff do you want? I'll keep you as my left tackle. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't don't, don't you think that Rivera reached out to him and spoke to him already? I would hope. Yeah. I have, you can't let a guy like that walk out of your building without having a conversation. Yeah, yeah I would hope. I would definitely hope. Definitely, but you 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 talk about these third and fourth round picks, which I I think are you know pretty prominent right now because we're looking at we have 
obviously we have seven picks in the you know in the first uh, four rounds. I think it is, Dave. If I read that correctly, uh, I'll tell you right now. You have um, uh, what is it? You got a first, a second, two thirds, three fourths, right, and a fifth. So <clears throat> here's my question. You know, you're going to do have to do a lot of damage with these third and fourth round picks because mm-hmm. we, like we've we've already alluded to, we have a lot of holes, and you know we haven't even talked about the secondary either. So technically, right now, I mean, you know, right now we don't even have any safeties because Malcolm said he's not coming back on that deal, and Rodney McLeod's a free agent. So, you know, we haven't even talked about that on this show about the McLeod factor, who I I think you're almost forced to resign here because he had a really good year last year. So. Yeah, there's a lot of underlying circumstances that's going to go into this, but you know I'm not feeling too comfy when I look at Howie Roseman's <laughs> past drafts when we're talking about the third and fourth round. I, I'm going to throw some names at you, okay? This is over Howie Roseman's tenure, okay? Who he's drafted. So we look at the third round: Nick Foles. I, I mean, obviously, right? Isaac Salamalo, who is your starting guard right now, right? Still your starting guard. Benny Logan, who I liked when he was here. I mean, he wasn't a stud, per se, but he was a good tackle. Rasul Douglas, Josh Huff, Curtis Marsh, Daniel Tionajman, which he was the most undersized defensive tackle I've ever seen, right? I mean, these are that was just your th- – that's it. That's your third round right there, okay? But how about your fourth round? Listen to these – now, in my opinion – when you're picking in the third, fourth, or even fifth round, it's kind of like a crapshoot. But if you go around the NFL, there's a lot of teams that have picked some tremendous fourth round talent. Uh, you know, a tremendous fourth round is like the money round because you get a lot of compensatory picks in the fourth round. There's a lot of trading that goes on with the fourth round. So those fourth round picks are very meaningful picks. Not to Howie, obviously, because <laughs> these are some of the names Brandon Boykin, Avante Maddox, which or it's, the jury's still out on Maddox, Jalen Watkins. Josh Sweat, Clay Harbor, Clay Harbor, Casey Matthews, who was smaller than me playing linebacker, Alex Henry, that experiment didn't work as a kicker, Matt Collins stinks, Matt Barkley stinks, Keenan Clayton, Keenan Clayton, out of the league, dude, Keenan yeah. Clayton, Trevard Lindley, remember we heard all about, oh, Lindley's going to be one of those top corners, man, yeah, he was a stiff, Mike Kafka, who obviously the offensive coordinator right now, uh, not for us, but for the um, or not. It seems with the Chiefs, isn't he? Kaka? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sharif Miller, who the Penn State product, who we just drafted last year, which I, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with him. And Danell Pumphrey, who's now talking about XFL. he's at XFL, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think Howie's hit on maybe two picks in the last six or seven years, which doesn't bode well for Howie and us when we talk about the third or fourth round. So. Starters, you got Nick Foles, Isaac Salamolo, but Nick Foles wasn't a starter, but he won us the Super Bowl as a starter. Isaac Salamolo, starter. After that, possibly Avanti Maddox as a starter. Out of 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 30 picks. That's not a good percentage. <laughs> no. Right? That's not a good percentage. Not in any realm. No. <laughs> not at all. Well, I will say this. With all those third and fourth round picks, I really see them packaging to move up and get a guy like they did Dillard. Understandable. Whether it didn't pan out, but I don't I don't think they're going to sit there and draft five players in the third and fourth round. I agree. I don't think that's going to happen. Nor, they, nor should they, obviously. I don't think that's going to happen either. Well, th- they have ten picks. Just because they <laughs> suck at it doesn't mean they shouldn't. I mean – if yeah, you got they, rid of if you got rid of one of them and packaged, I, I was all for giving a fourth to somebody and take Alshon off her. You know, oh, I would definitely do that. You know that. what we didn't talk about last week was um, what's up? Who was the uh, the Jaguars corner that went for uh, Boye for a for four, a fourth round for a fourth round? We gave up a fourth rounder for Gerard Gerard Avery. Yeah, that's stiff from Cleveland. Yeah, who's who played one game. That's the, that, and and there are the things that don't make any sense. I mean, Boye is he's a really good corner. Yes, who we just overpaid. You know what you're getting with him. Exactly. He's he's a starter right now. You bring this team as a starter right now. Starter right now. So that that solved one of your issues. That's what that, they completely slept on that for some reason. Completely slept on that. Yep. I didn't understand that at all. I, I really didn't. Well, what's great? I mean, 
I don't know. I didn't hear a ton of trade rumors on him in the first place. Me neither. Like, I mean, there might have been so you know, any 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 news. Anyone that wants to get in the news is going to just make up stuff just to get some you know radio play out there. But it wasn't like it was majorly reported that oh they're shopping him and there was some big market. All of a sudden, it comes out of what I felt was nowhere, and it's like boom, traded for a fourth round. I remember I, w- I wanted to sign him. When he was a free agent, I was all in, man. I, I wanted Boye. I, I two years it was two years. I think it was two years ago. I was all for that, man. I I, I wanted him bad. I wanted him on this team. So, uh, you know, I, I would have loved to have him back. And listen, corners a very important position. Uh, it, it, they they have a lot of holes. Like like Dave said, they have a lot of holes to fill. I just you know reading some of these names. I mean, you even look at you know he he's done pretty well in the first round. Uh, you know, obviously Lane Johnson is probably his 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 gem, but you know I don't think anybody could have messed that pick up. But um, you know it, it's just it's concerning when you look at you know all these guys and and it, it comes to Howie Roseman is always being the the, the 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 coin guy, but not the Italian evaluator, which was the stuff that we always had an issue with. So uh, you know our Italian evaluator and Joe Douglas, whether good or bad, is not here anymore. So. Um, you know, this draft is very important, uh, and, and it's something that I hope they're really doing their homework with. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I can't wait till this new off season begins because I, I think that's next week. Uh, right. Is it, is it Sunday? Sunday, I believe is the big, uh, well, I think they could start negotiating on Thursday. They could start talking. It's weird. Like I a, thought that's what they moved. I thought they moved or they moved that up. They moved that and the, uh, and the, the signings period starting. The, uh, the, yeah, I think they moved everything. So uh, th- that uh, that's always the most you know intriguing part. Like, see, and obviously it's going to revolve around Tom Brady. It is what it is. As much as I I hate to say it, it is going to revolve. Um, where, where's Tom going? And it should. How intriguing would it be if he went to the Forty ers oh, I'm telling you, man, a sign and trade. So you know, it, get, get, yep, Garoppolo back. goes back to New England, and Tom Brady goes to, goes to San Francisco. That would be amazing, man. I think Belichick would be loving that. Uh, uh, yeah, because he was a Jimmy G guy, obviously. Do you think the 49ers would love it? You, they, I mean, you talk about a team that's built. They have an offensive line. They have a running game. They're built to win now. You yeah. have to have a team with with a running game. I will say that for Tom Brady. Uh, look, I'm not saying he's not the greatest quarterback. I am not by any means. But he's he, he knows how to – win a game he knows how to manage a game but there have been some significant kinks in the armor over mm-hmm. the past year or two compared to what he did for 10 years mm-hmm. you know i'm just saying like well he, i mean year or two you go two. he he won a super bowl yes <laughs> won a super bowl but that wasn't all on his back either no i mean the, the clutch plays are, are there uh, yeah. don't get me wrong but he also had the same coaching the same personnel the same i mean yeah there was a lot of consistency, and I'm not saying that Brady's not one that can't overcome it. Yeah. But coming into all those new things, Belichick, look, say what you want. Whether Brady made Belichick, Belichick made Brady, or they were both just the best at the same time. I don't know. I'm look. Your team got to be really close for, to me, for Brady to make a difference to win you a Super Bowl, and you have to have a good line, obviously but a running game because Brady is not going to go what like I don't see him going to Sandy or San Diego Los Angeles and chucking the ball up 45 times like that's not the quarterback that he is now right. like I just don't see it happening so but I mean come on play calling managing a game reading defenses there's nobody better in, in the NFL you know what I mean even at 40 plus years old yep yeah I I don't think there's another team built exactly the what he needs. Yeah, I, I don't. Other disagree. than the 49ers. I don't disagree. Shanahan is just like his dad. He's going to run the football. Yep. And you have somebody like go back to the Denver days where Terrell Davis and John Elway. John Elway obviously was no spring chicken when they won two Super Bowls. And and, and they have a hell of a defense out there in San Francisco. And their defense is ferocious. It is, and you know, not a lot of guys that. Aren't going to be back either, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely. That's definitely where they they need to be, or definitely where he needs to be if he's not going to be in New England. Yeah. I mean, he's probably got a better shot to win in San Francisco than he does in New England right now. 
I agree 100%. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I don't think he's that? not thinking about that. Yeah, and it's warm, where, which his old man body yeah, needs. Yeah. And Giselle would love it. Giselle would be beating all day I'll long. I'll go 50-50 on that one. What, what's that? Winning a Super Bowl, better yeah. chance in, in New England or San Francisco. You're just taking a coach perspective, right? Coaching perspective some. Um, I don't know. Look, I, and I'll be the first to tell you that there's something to be said for consistency. Garrett Cole's year that he he's going to have his first year in New York. Is he going to have the same consistency? Is he going to really perform? No doubt he might have been the best pitcher to, for over the past two years. But you you change receivers. You change quarterbacks. You change schemes. You change coaches. All those changes, like sometimes things just don't click right. like they used to. So now you're right. I'm not saying one over the other. I'd say it's a coin flip. Well, one thing is it's going to be very – very interesting. Very interesting. I, I there's a lot of see. I'm not even cons- as concerned about Brady as I am like Rivers, Bridgewater, Falls, Winston, Winston. I, I I'm yeah. telling you, man. Yes, Winston should be in the XFL. He should not be an NFL you, quarterback. Yeah, you, know, you know. And, and I I said this. I didn't post it yet. So I had a um, I, I did like a 20 minute spot on a gambler the other day, and we were talking football. And I said, you know, people. We were talking Dak Prescott, and I said, I don't think people realize how good Carson Wentz's deal really is when they when they when they break it all down. The after Jameis Winston signs, and they find out Jason Win- Jameis Winston is going to be making almost just as much money as Carson Wentz. Okay, that's how good Carson Wentz's deal is. So, uh, uh, Jameis Winston, man, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. It, you know, it it, it 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 boggles my mind. I I thought the 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 funniest thing was the LASIK. That the funniest thing was the agent coming out saying, "Hey, you know, we got LASIK surgery. That was why he threw thirty something picks last year. He couldn't see. I mean, it's ridiculous. His decision making is one of the worst in the NFL. And you want, and he throws for five thousand yards because he has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin going up for balls, and they're playing twenty points behind every week. And their coach is why Bruce are they, Why are they playing by twenty points behind? Because he already threw three picks and had two fumbles in the first half. By the way, yeah, and he spotted them fourteen points <laughs> exactly." <laughs> but, uh, speaking of Tampa Bay, my 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 prediction: Melvin Gordon, number one, the new running back for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what's funny? My prediction: Philip Rivers, the new quarterback for, for Tampa? Tampa Bay. Can you imagine if they both go there? there? I don't know about Gordon, but I'm I'm going with the other with the other Charger going. Yo, there. Could you imagine that offense? Listen, you, Rivers, what you, what you just did to the NFC and putting Brady and Rivers in the NFC. Eagles better get their shit together. Yo, I'll tell you, man. On that note, we got to run. Uh, but great show again, guys, as always. Everybody out there listening, appreciate it. Uh, I think we got the sound working this week. So we were very low last week. I apologize. It's my fault. I know we got to fix up this week because I've been watching the levels, which has been great. Again, uh, check us out at the Heat Ratio, uh, whether it be YouTube, whether it be uh, Twitter, Facebook. We're everywhere. iTunes. Keep the reviews coming. Keep the ratings coming. We appreciate it. And we will see you next week. For your host, Tony Cotillo, at TCotillo23, uh, John Coker at PGH, John 36 and at and Dave Dixon at Coach Dixon 365 at Heat Ratio Sports on Twitter. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Peace.